0: Come on. Come on. You are listening to The Mower Report, a live radio show that ventures into the mysteries of life, as well as the hot topics of the day, either political or business. I think that... Might have been part of my problem. Let's see if it. Come on, answer the dang call, Brian. We're live, so just so you know, so don't say anything you don't want to end your career on tonight. Cool. <laughs> um, hey, thank you for doing this, Brian. Hey, no problem, no problem. How are you? Good, um, Brian. Pass perfume. Did I say that right? Pass
1: yeah. perfume. Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. sorry. I've
0: been so... <laughs> I was say, I've been so wrapped the up in this story that I haven't even thought about not. that. So... Um,
1: no problem. It's, it's the name you don't want to grow up with as a kid. Uh, I got to use a lot, so that's <laughs> passive.
0: Yeah. yeah, so um, first and foremost, again, thank you for uh, making a few minutes for me here tonight because I know it's been a busy afternoon, evening, probably a couple days for you.
1: No, no, happy to, uh, happy to help spread the word.
0: So... Um, for my listeners, why, why don't you just go ahead and dive in deep? Let's just go ahead and get out what you're. I mean, this. I mean, this whole situation was ugly to start with, but now it seems like it's got even worse. And I was totally unaware of this until a little bit ago. And then I'm, we're we're gonna make sure we get this out there tonight.
1: Yeah, the uh, for, for your American listeners, I'm a reporter for the Toronto side of the Daily newspaper in Toronto, Canada. Um, we had. Um, uh, the way our government works is a little different than the U.S. That uh, rather than just having a mandated election every four years, um, our prime minister has the ability to call an election whenever he likes. Um, the um, our current prime minister, Justin Trudeau, who is the uh, the son of uh, Pierre Trudeau, who was prime minister uh, before I was born, um, he um, called a he called a snap election last Sunday uh right now he doesn't have enough uh seats in our parliament to maintain a uh, majority government um so what he's done is uh in the middle of the pandemic uh, against a lot of really good advice he decided to call an election because poll numbers were good and he was hoping to maintain a, uh you know get enough votes to secure a majority government which will allow him complete control in in, in the the parliament i'm not going to go into the uh, intricacies of, of canadian parliament but uh on the same day that he um, um, that he uh called the election uh, the day that kabul fell um and that has pretty much dominated his campaign ever since um now i've i've been covering a lot of stories out of kabul i've got some contacts there through uh, through various means um and the big issue right now is that there's a lot of canadian citizens in, in Kabul who have no way to get out uh and, there's, and just like um, in, in the united states there's a lot of local afghans that uh Helped out, our, helped out our military as interpreters, fixers, uh, embassy staff, security guards, and a lot of them are stranded there. Um, a lot of them are on Taliban hit lists, so they're trying to, uh, you know, they're, they're trying not only to, uh, to escape but also to, uh, you know, stay in hiding and prevent themselves from being killed. If, uh, you know, the Taliban are going door-to-door looking for anybody who um, they suspect uh, assisted the Allies during the, during the Afghan war. So the uh, stories I've been covering um, have been highlighting a lot of their, a lot of their um, their struggles trying to get out uh, and dealing with uh, really, what, in my opinion, is, is a complete inept um, um, effort by the Canadian government to do that. I, I see a lot of my American friends uh, talking about the, uh, you, know, the, the of, uh, you know, the failures of you know the failures of the American government in getting people out. So whatever failures that the U.S. is going through is multiplied by a thousand here um uh for example um german troops uh you know the german um, the german air force uh, tweeted photos of the, the helicopters they're bringing into kabul they're chopping up their their people uh the british uh, military u.s military are running armed patrols in the kabul to get their people out our government is telling people where to go and uh, hoping for the best um unfortunately it's uh, had a lot of uh a lot of negative uh, um, problems. Uh, there was uh, a first attempt by uh, Global Affairs Canada, which is uh, the same as your, uh, uh, I guess, um, um, uh, whatever department in the U.S. government deals with things like passports and external affairs and stuff. Uh, they had uh, told their evacuees to go to the north gate of the Kabul airport to wear red and to tell the guards there that, uh, you know, that they are Canadians and they need to get out. Fortunately, the, uh, the American and the Afghan soldiers patrolling that gate uh, have been turning away our evacuees um, and the contact with a few Canadian citizens over there who have trying to get out and they've had absolutely no luck. So a uh, story I wrote today uh, talks about uh, Global Affairs Canada's latest attempt, which uh, culminated in an email that was sent out the, uh, this evening by uh, this evening Afghanistan time, Um um, ordering people to get out of their safe homes, to go to the, uh, a certain hotel by the airport, and to present themselves to, uh, a Canadian consular official who was supposed to be there waiting for people. So one of the couples that I spoke to, which, uh, they're an elderly couple from Toronto, they're Canadian citizens, they have Canadian passports, uh, the, the, the gentleman is, he's, uh, he's, he's a cancer patient, he's, uh, he doesn't have that much longer to live, so... They went back to Afghanistan to, I guess, tie up our affairs and sell, sell some property and stuff. Um, after being turned away twice before, you know, they're wearing red and everything else, they uh, they said, okay, well, let's do it. So they got into a taxi. They spent two hours in the taxi, you know, going through Taliban checkpoints to get to this hotel. And when they got there, um, there was no consular official. It was just an open sewage lagoon with American soldiers on the other side, and the American soldiers just told them to go away. They called the... Um, you know, they, they called a special hotline set up for Afghan, uh, uh for Afghan evacuees, uh, set up by the community government. Um, and the rep at the other end of the line said, no, no, just please be, be persistent. Just say that you're looking for the consular official. Just don't leave until, you know, don't leave until, uh, until they tell you. So that's what they did. They went back up there and the soldier, um, you know, started yelling at them, reached for his rifle and, uh, you know, told them to, to get the, uh, get the F off the, uh, out of the area. So they spent the next 12 hours sort of huddled. In the corner, there's a lot of crowds coming in, a lot of Taliban coming in, and, uh, by the time the sun rose, there was absolutely nobody around, no Canadian officials to appeal to, so they went back to their condo, and, uh, which is where they're going to remain until, uh, you know, something better comes, because they're, they're elderly, you know, the, 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 gentleman, if he ends up falling or getting shoved, uh, he breaks an arm or leg, he's pretty much done for. So, that's the situation on the ground facing, uh, facing Canadians in Afghanistan.
0: Which is just absolutely insane. And then you just sent me a, a link with some video in it here, which is absolutely more insane. I don't even know. I don't. There's not a word for what you sent me. Insane will have
1: to. I shared that first story when another one of my contacts sent me two videos. Um, and if you, if you look at my story on, uh, TorontoSun.com, it's at the top of the, uh, top of the site right now, you'll see it. Uh, what the video is, the video depicts, um, a bunch of local Afghan. Evacuees, these are Afghan locals who, who, you know, who, who, you know, uh, served, served alongside our troops. You know, uh, they serve as interpreters, um, you know, fixers and embassy staff, people who, you know, through putting their lives at risk, our country had promised them that they would evacuate them and give them a brand new life in Canada. Um, you know, they've got all the proper paperwork. They got the visas. They got all the clearance from our government to go and say, Hey, Go to the airport and you know, to show them and and we'll get in. So the video that I was sent shows these evacuees standing in an open sewage canal. Kabul doesn't have like covered sewer mains like most of the developed worlds, all of their which gets fed into these canals which makes the way to the treatment plants, The way a lot of uh, a lot of the sewage is handled in that part of the world. So they're they're standing in this disgusting sewage pit full of feces and just unimaginable filth. Is desperately pleading with a group of Canadian soldiers just above the berm, there, showing their paperwork, showing, look, look, we have visas. You know, we were told to come here, and the Canadian soldiers were just ignoring. They were walking by, weren't even looking at them, just ignoring them, and it, it was heartbreaking. And, and you know, it, it, one of what I've heard from people on the ground, it's really, it, it's made me ashamed to be a Canadian. I've always been proud of my country. I've always been proud of, uh, you know, how of uh, how, how Canadians have been, but uh, you know, this is really. It's, it's, it's making me, uh, <laughs> it making me ashamed to be a Canadian because uh, you know I'm looking there. I am, and they're looking at uh, other countries like the U.S. and, and Belgium and uh, Germany and the U.K. Going to these extraordinary measures, you know, bringing in helicopters and C-17s to to chopper people out, and even just running buses. Um, you know, he sent me some photos of uh, buses with German license plates that obviously had been, been brought in by a cargo plane just to take people out. And Canada can't do anything like that. You know, Canada doesn't have a bus that they can send. Canada doesn't have a helicopter they can send. Like we have, you know, we have C-17s that can hold, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of smaller helicopters or a large Chinook that can easily go over there. But, uh, you know, and, and, you know, it's, and we haven't, our leadership hasn't. And it just seems our leadership, uh, our prime minister is, is a lot more intense on, you know, on on winning a uh, snap election that he called last week than, than helping our people up there, which is really incredibly disappointing. Like, some of the stuff I'm hearing from these guys, like uh, the guy I'm talking to, like I won't go into too much detail about who he is or what he did for us because, you know, he promised me not to, uh, you know, to reveal his identity because, you know, the Taliban are actively hunting these people. Uh, he told me, he said, we lost all our hope and they ignored us. He said, uh, "We just thought they were there showing themselves to the world, and they were helping us here. But the reality is that nobody cares about Afghans." And he's right. You know, it just seems that a lot of the Western world, really, you know, they, you know, they do what they did in Afghanistan. I'm not going to get into, uh, you know, the reasons. Uh, I, I lean right politically, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all in favor of, uh, you know, the reasoning why they went there. I've, you know, I, you know, I witnessed 9/11 firsthand. Uh, I used to work for a news station in Toronto. and uh, I witnessed the whole thing, and no one was more into you know getting bin laden and getting rid of the taliban more than i but you know just the you know once once we pack up and leave you know our mission in, in, in afghanistan ended uh you know a good time before the u.s did but it just seems that like we use these people and just forgot about them and and it's uh it's it's, it's heartbreaking
0: and it's tr- i mean it's heartbreaking it's troubling i mean once i mean once this news breaks of course it's already broke but you know once it Well, it's going to be in the paper tomorrow, and all this other stuff. That can't look good when you're trying to wage a campaign, either. Let alone the humanitarian side of this. All does this? So, how does this skew all that campaigning that we're trying to do? On top, I mean, we're talking multi levels here of problems, but I can't imagine that being helpful. Is that just my American politics coming out?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that's the thing, a lot, a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of Canadians grow up, uh, consumed by American media. I grew up watching American Sesame Street. They had Canadian version of Sesame Street, but it just wasn't good, you know. Like, I learned how to, you know, catch to ten in Spanish before I didn't do French just from watching American TV. So, we're, we're you know, we're very aware up here of, uh, of the American system, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's really heartbreaking that, you know, for all of for all of the, the, the criticism that President Biden is is, is, is getting for how he's reacting, how he's dealing with this, for all the criticism that that, that former President Trump had with the Taliban to, to leave when they did, really, this isn't this isn't a partisan issue. This is a this is an issue of, of common human decency. It's 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 an issue of, of fulfilling a promise, and you know, and uh, you know, it's really like, look at the like the compared to us, the extraordinary lengths that the Americans are going to to get their people out. Like, I've, uh, anybody who looks at a, a flight tracker who tracks military aircraft, you know, will see that there's, there's dozens of, 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 uh, you know, of American and other allied planes going in and out. Like, the, uh, you know, the Air Mobility Command is running C-17s in and out of, uh, in and out of Kabul, like, constantly. You know, the, the British, the Royal Air Force are running people constantly. And occasionally you send a plane, like We you send in one or two C-17s a day to get people out. And we're really limited in the people that we, that we can transport out because, um, you know, we, our C-17s don't have air air refueling capability. We don't have any way to refill our plates on the ground in Kabul. They land in Kabul. They are with the engines running. They load up as many people as they can according to weight and they take off. And, you know, they're, they're, they're staged out of uh, Kuwait City. So they're leaving just enough fuel to fly to Kabul, load up the people and come back. And, you know, we see these amazing stories about, uh, these American C seventeen is loaded up with like eight hundred people, but you know um, Canadian C 17s are only coming over with hundred because that's all that they can that's all that they can fit on there. Any more than that, they'll you know they'll probably fall out of the sky with uh, fuel exhaustion. So it's it's really uh, it's it, it's really shameful to see our, our response. And and you know I I you know I really want to stress that this a lot of this really falls on leadership. I've I've heard from a lot of uh, Canadian soldiers both here and overseas who are ashamed of how we're doing things. Uh, I broke a story last week that, uh, you know, two days before Prime Minister Trudeau called the election, there was a, you know, a rapid response team in Kabul that was immediately sent from, from, from Canada ready to rescue people. And they'd been sitting on the ground for three days, but because of the election call, it took up all the bandwidth in Ottawa. Um, you know, they were, you know, the, the, uh, the rescue mission was delayed by days. And it's really really um it really is depressing to see how how our government is really uh, handling this and it's uh, you know it's 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 breaking my heart because these people who are they're sending me messages they're sending me photos of themselves sending me photos and it's it, it's heartbreaking knowing that a lot of these people i'm talking to are probably going to be murdered in the next few days
0: that's that's the outrage of the soul do we have any idea how many people we're trying to get out
1: i have absolutely no clue because they won't tell me um, they say that every time I ask a question, they say it's uh, you know it's 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 confidential because of security reasons. I see the U.S. releases numbers. I see the you know the the, the, U, the UK Depar- uh, Ministry of Defense releases numbers, um, but we can't get numbers out of our government. You know, we try to ask for more information about their operations. Um, you know, the German Air Force is tweeting active photos of, of what they're doing, loading up helicopters and their planes, and getting people out we ask for the same thing in canada and they hide behind the national security thing so it's it really is it's um, you know it's uh, a, a lot of it is being concealed a lot of it is being withheld uh, due to the uh, you know under the guise of national security because really i a i don't think if they have the numbers and b they don't want to be embarrassed
0: well i mean they're going to be embarrassed now because of what's coming out i mean that's just
1: <laughs> and and that's what i and that's and that's what I feel bad about because it's but that's it just seems like the only way to really get change is to try to shame them shame the government into uh into taking action you know it's it, it has worked before but unfortunately we, you know we we have uh, our prime minister right now has had a lot of scandals that uh he has extremely successfully shrugged off by just denying that they exist you know during the uh our last election and uh a couple of years ago like we're only we're only two years from the last federal election um our uh, prime minister trudeau was uh you know uh, people found uh, videos and photos of him in blackface um you know there was um, he during his days as a teacher he showed up to a uh, showed up to a, a school function uh, with his face all blacked out pretending to be uh you know um yeah you know it was, it was an Arabian night theme. so he showed up and his face all darkened out um that was followed soon by a video of him performing the song uh, Deo by Harry Belafonte in complete blackface. There was another video of him in blackface with what looked like a large banana shoved down the front of his pants, jumping around like a monkey. And and he survived it because, you know, it's... Um, I really don't know why. You know, I, I don't know if it's mediated if in the past or just, uh, you know, it's it, it's really baffling as to how somebody can survive that, especially during a election during campaign. Um, there was another instance uh, during that same campaign where, he, uh, 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 several years prior, before he got into politics, uh, there were allegations that he had uh, that he had groped uh, a reporter grabbed uh, certain parts of her body, and he dismissed it by saying that uh, you know that uh, pretty much calling her a liar, saying, Oh well, I don't remember it like that," and uh, it, it really is confusing about how you know how he's able to, you know, shrug this thing off. But, but the thing is that I, I you get the sense that, uh, you know, myself and a lot of other journalists are completely pounding him on the Afghanistan issue. And he's, he's doing the same thing as he, as he did before with all the other previous um, previous scandals. He's just shrugged it off and just ignored it. And um, it's, uh, I, but I think this time a lot of people are going to hold it to account because a lot of people aren't happy that, You know, that that he's calling an election, you know, right in the the, the cusp of the the COVID-19 wave here in in Canada. Our case counts are going up, you know, starting to go up exponentially again. Um, And this is several months after, you know, during a press conference, he claimed that, you know, nobody wants an election during a pandemic. He would never call an election during a pandemic. We are two two months later and uh, we're having an election in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, it's just mind
0: blowing to I mean this whole I mean the cluster of events, as I I like to peel the onion back so to speak and see all the layers. And just what's going and on. There's a up, lot of layers. There's a lot of layers going on here, my friend. It's just
2: mm-hmm.
0: I'm not even sure it's an onion anymore. Yeah. It's just kinda of smooshed together into one layer though. That's the scary part.
1: You know, C- Canadian politics is, is, is an extremely interesting animal, you know, and even like for people like me who are interested in that kind of thing, but even for the like, casual observers. It, it can get quite bizarre sometimes that, um, you know, like it, we're not like the states, the, the two-party system. We have several parties. Uh, we've got three major parties right now, the, the Liberals, which is, uh, uh, Justin Schoes, uh, the leader of uh, the Conservative Party, which just got a new leader, you know, not even a year ago. Um, we got the new Democratic Party, which is uh, leans pretty far left, um, particularly by American standards, but uh, you know, definitely by Canadian standards. And there's a few other french parties that are trying to uh to get their peace but uh yeah canadian politics is a very very interesting intricate animal that uh i think that uh doesn't nearly get as much interest as it should especially compared well, to uh the the interviews of the american system as well
0: well i'm interested now so you're gonna you're probably gonna be seeing me hanging around and retweeting reading some of your <laughs> stuff because uh i just i'm mind blown now by all this and just all of it like I guess, well, you know, you kind of get in your own little bubble, and I'm sure you understand that, and it's just all-consuming mm-hmm. all the time. Um, mm-hmm. So if we were to talk a week ago, what would we have talked about? Because it
1: seems like this is uh, all well, this kind could- of... <laughs> um, a week ago would be um, uh, pretty much almost the same thing. This uh, failure is in Afghanistan. A week ago, was uh, there was a, a gentleman that I had uh, met online who was a... Uh, 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 a battalion chief at our uh, at our embassy security forces in Afghanistan, local who um, you know went through the entire process to apply to come to canada but he was waiting for one final email that would allow him to go on and that email never came Um, and this is at the same time that uh, justin trudeau is going on national tv saying that it's not bureaucracy but it's a talent and people out and meanwhile I've got my guy and several other guys that uh, are just caught up in bureaucracy, like one final email, like the people at the, at the gates of the airport won't look at him without his email. And, um, you know, he, the other day he made a, uh, one final attempt to go through and Canadians he, turn him away. So he's, uh, he him and his wife and his five kids and they all sat down on the ground and they're like, you know, what are we going to do? Because this guy is, you know, this guy's been targeted before. He's the subject that they uh, drive by shooting a couple of years ago because he's He's quite well-known with the Taliban and the anti-government forces of Afghanistan. So, he's, like, yeah, like, Once the Taliban came in, he was definitely going to be target number one. So he's been spending the past few weeks just constantly on the run. So he's sitting outside of the uh, the airport in Kabul. Um, a uh, RAF officer, British um, Air Force officer, walked by and took pity. Uh, they saw that their little boy, who's uh, just over a year old, was sick uh they'd been outside the airport for 24 hours he'd caught a cold he had no food and this little baby was just having a really really hard time so the rf officer took pity uh brought the whole family inside um and that was the last i've heard of him um this was last thursday and uh he told me that uh, the, the british had taken him in he wasn't sure if it was going to happen so and on sunday he finally sent me a message um from birmingham england saying that the uh you know that the uh, uh royal air force that uh agreed to uh to fly him out even though he had no real connections to 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 great britain and uh you know he was a you know this guy was a complete canadian uh you know a canadian worker and canadian supporter but the rf uh, took him out so and now he's still waiting for the canadian government to deal with the bureaucracy problem but i think you would agree that it's much uh much better to be doing that in birmingham england than uh you know than running from the taliban in kabul as i
0: was gonna say the difference by that much, how his story has cha- you know changed from somebody a number of people's tonight compared to a week ago. That's yeah,
1: man. It's, and it's one of the one of the little good pieces of good news, and in, uh, in, uh you know, in what's been just a complete. Um, uh, don't want to swear in your podcast but a complete s <laughs> storm of uh of bad news you know oh, you can the, uh... you definitely
0: can when it comes to this stuff for sure i mean
1: uh, I it was a, okay it was, it was a complete <laughs> ship <song. laughs> and it was oh. it was the one piece of good news so far that uh you know that he's able to do that because i really really felt for this guy this poor guy you know he sent me photos of his kids and he's got beautiful little children and his little girls about the same same age as my little girl and you know and uh you know uh, you know, she, I, she wanted to take, like, the three years old, she wanted to take her to, uh, you know, when they finally arrived in Toronto, and you know, we take them to some of her favorite playgrounds in the city, and you know, it was, you know, we had a play date scheduled, and it was heartbreaking to to know that uh, you know, that our play date may not happen because uh, the little girl would end up being murdered by the Taliban, because her father decided to work as, uh, as a security commander for the community embassy, and it's, uh... Ah. Uh, no, oh, man,
0: that's it's just... I, don't, Yeah. I my prayers go out to you, man, trying to keep this all together cuz it's tearing me up on the inside just listening to you tell these stories and I've only had to deal with it for a few hours now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So. Mm. <laughs>
2: it's uh yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so okay. Got time? You got got time for a couple quick more questions? I know I told you I'd have you out of here, and of course I look at the clock, and I've already kept you longer than I said I would. So let's let's shift gears. Let's lighten this up a little bit. What made you want to become a reporter in the first place?
1: Um, I never actually got into. Uh, I never really had the aspirations to be able to get into journalism. I went to school for television. I uh, graduated from from high school, uh, wanting to, uh, you know, the, the most ever getting into journalism would be like a photographer or something or a TV cameraman. I, I. um, you know, when I was in high school, I used to uh, I used to volunteer for the local cable TV station working on their new show as a, as a, as a camera operator, You're going out in the field and listening for stuff in the scanner and shooting news and stuff, which really appealed to me, and I thought that would be my career. Um, graduated from school, I ended up working in TV for a bit, and uh, decided it wasn't for me, and uh, without any journalism or training or going to J school, I applied to a few newspapers about Twelve years ago, and I ended up uh, getting hired at a, a paper out in Alberta in Western Canada. Um, i was born and raised in the Toronto area, so Alberta is not uh, is just north of Montana. So, just as a, as a geographical reference for the American listeners, uh, which is just about as far away from Toronto as you can be and still you know be out of the ocean. Um, Alberta is very; it's a totally different dynamic than Toronto. Toronto is a very dynamic city. It's uh, you know probably. Equivalent to Chicago or, or or Los Angeles in terms of uh, in terms of size and uh, and density and, and flavor, probably Chicago is probably the easiest, probably the closest, uh, accidentally, to uh, Toronto that I've seen in, in, in the states. Um, except for that, that river, they turn green. every St. seen <laughs> cool, you know, that, that here. <laughs> Lake Ontario is a little too big to turn green, but uh, yeah, uh, sort of the Alberta dynamic you me fall in love with that province. Um, I would uh, lived out there for 12 years. I met my wife out there. I got married out there. Uh, our little girl was born out there, um, and I ended up uh, moving back to Toronto about three years ago. I got hired at uh, the Toronto Sun, which is one uh, of um, Canada's larger papers. Um, so I moved back there, and uh, I've been here ever since. I've uh, been hoping to move back. I'd love to move back to Alberta at some point, but uh, you know, the job takes me here. But it's, uh, it's 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 been a very interesting career so far. But I think. Uh, What's been happening for the past week is, is more or less defined my uh, my journalism career. It's really uh, you know it's, uh, I'm I'm proud of the work I've done, and I'm I'm really hoping that uh, it can make a difference with what's uh, happening right now with our government and uh, it's uh, baffling uh, baffling disregard of uh, what's happening with uh, in Afghanistan, uh, a problem that, that really they made.
0: So one more question for you here, real quick. Um, well, two. I've got one, and then I've got to, I've got to ask the other one, but it. Yeah. Anyways, um, how did the, how does Canada look at President Biden?
1: Um, it's 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 really hard to say. Um, Canada is very, uh, you know, I'd, I'd say that uh, you know, Canada leans a lot further left than a lot of the U.S. You know, what uh, I think what a lot of Americans would consider to be left wing, like President Obama, for example, would probably. Uh, Quite right in uh, the Canadian uh, uh, ideological landscape. Uh, I know that uh, Obama has seemed as quite quick a left winger down there, but uh, you know, up here I think that he would probably be uh, you know considered uh, considered right wing because of the different dynamics between our two countries. Uh, it's, um, I, I think that um, a lot of a lot of Canadians watched uh, the Trump years with kind of a, a, a sort of sort of a, a, a mix of amusement and wonder. Um, I think that um, I, I think that a lot of uh, you know, a, a lot of Canadians are kind of they're, they're going to be interested to see exactly what uh, how President Biden deals with uh, a lot of what uh, Trump has left. Um, I know that uh, you know economically there was uh, a lot of issues. I know that Trump was a big supporter of oil and gas, uh, especially in Western Canada. As, uh, as Bill. It's built on oil and gas. Um, there was a, a pipeline that, um, uh, that we've been trying to get built that would transport, uh, Alberta oil to, uh, refineries in, in Texas that, uh, Obama had was against, um, uh, during the, the Donald, the Donald Trump years when we were, um, you know, there was uh, a lot of good progress in getting that built. Uh, unfortunately, uh, one of the first things that president Biden did was cancel it. So, uh, um, there, was, there was a lot of angst there. Um, on the other hand, uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the trade policies enacted by President uh, President Trump uh, were very very protectionist and uh, really affected our economy quite uh, quite harshly, yes. Particularly when it came to things like steel exports. Um, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of um, American industry used a lot of Canadian steel, and uh, just the way it was framed uh, through um, you know that uh, you know that uh, you know. They they stopped uh, you know they put a lot of heavy tariffs on on the Canadian mean, steel exports was uh, it, it it really affected our industry a lot and it really kind of showered uh, a lot of relationship between the two so really there's there's a, there's an ideological aspect and there's also an economic aspect and I think those two I think the average Canadian at least those who are half interested in politics they they, they struggle a lot to um, to to reconcile those two.
0: So the other thing I have to ask you about, because I'm from Western Pennsylvania, of course this gonna, this is going to end badly for you. I mean, I know you've got other things mm-hmm. on your plate right now, but you know, as a Penguins fan, I have to ask you: Are the Maple Leafs still playing hockey?
1: Oh, the Leafs suck. <laughs> <laughs> the Leafs haven't. The Leafs haven't won a cup since my father was 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 my like since my father was in school. Like that's one of the things that uh, you know the, the Leafs have made me like give up on being a hockey fan because the Leafs are just disappointing. Um, whereas when I lived out West, Calgary Flames were kicking ass, you know, the Calgary Flames, and I was up there, you know, getting very, very close to to getting to the cup final. Um, I think that, you know, the, the the Penguins are, uh, you know, are, are definitely one of the greatest teams in the NHL, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it really comes down to, um, you know, it comes down to, uh, you know, our, our you know, your Canadians are doing better than our Canadians. Just like when it comes to things like the, the Jays in baseball, like our Dominicans are doing better than your Dominicans, you know?
0: is <laughs> really, uh well my, my we're not uh, talking yeah. baseball i'm, I'm not going to talk about the pirates they're still playing no, they, triple a the, baseball
1: the leafs, <laughs> the, leafs, the leafs are kind of a sore subject here because there's a lot of these diehard leaf fans here who just every year they say oh this would be the year this would be the year and i'm like well you know it's a, it's been you know 40 50 years since the leafs left one possible my cop, you know it's uh I think that uh, you know uh, a lot of like, Toronto sports fans are almost going through punishment, and I think a lot of them are uh, abandoning the lease for uh, you know for other Canadian teams at like the like the Habs or the uh, you know even just uh, you know even the Sabers or, or you know the you know the the, the Red Wings just uh, stuff that uh, games they can get to uh, within a few hours without uh, you know without uh, constantly admiring in the, the factory of sadness is the Toronto a lease.
0: Well, Brian, I appreciate the time tonight. I know you're busy, and uh, I appreciate the time, and I appreciate the work you're doing, and keep me up to date, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk again soon.
1: I appreciate having me on Anytime, I'm always happy to talk to you. Thank you. And
0: there we go. Maybe. Maybe. We're going to end. There we go. Got Brian off the phone there, finally. Sorry. Seems that call didn't register any time on Skype tonight. So, that's good. Um, <laughs> there goes the computer. I love you, computer. Okay, so, I wanted to get that to you. Um blessed to have the opportunity to get that to you. That's what this show's all about. The con- uh, conversational yet controversial part of this. That's what we did here tonight. But, so now we've got about 25 minutes left. But... I want to leave that alone. I want to leave all the politics and all the stuff out of that. Okay? So let's let's bear that in mind. That's not what we're going to do. It's a horrible mess. That mess. That mess is that mess. But I do want to talk about something else, and I want to kind of bring the show up a little bit, because, man, I need to talk about something else right now. So what we're going to do. Now, This is I said I wanted to bring the show up. Of course, this isn't going to bring the show up per se, but it will. Follow me for a minute. Charlie Watts. The drummer from the Rolling Stones died today as well. Um, Rolling Stones, love them or hate them, they've got to be in that top ten discussion of bands of all time. So, I want to shift gears into that. I want to talk, I want to, like I said, I want to kind of bring it up and kind of, um, well, like I said, I, I, feel, I feel for that guy in my heart, getting these messages from people. And um, so, it... I can't imagine getting like I said, um, I shared in the chat room earlier the video uh, from the Toronto Sun that he shared. I, I, I feel it in my heart. I just I just don't know. Um, so just be aware of that. so so what okay so like I said, let's get into the music I know this what's uh, in honor of Charlie Watts let's uh, throw the lines open you know the number two, three, four, seven, three, eight. Two five five two. Standard tolls, rates apply. Um, tell me something. What's well, okay? Either your favorite band. Um, I answered this question the other day on Facebook. It kind of surprised some people. Apparently, nobody who knows me. Well, Brian Travelers of the UB40 is dead too. Man, killing all kinds of good musicians tonight. Well, I'm not personally killing them. Jeez, I hate that of bed. But. Kind of surprised some people the other day when I said this. My favorite album of all time. Of course, anybody who knows me knows this, is, knows this is true, but it surprised some people. My favorite album of all time is Hotel California by the Eagles. I'm interested. I mean, it may be the only album besides the what is that? Uh, the Wall by Pink Floyd that I've probably listened to a bunch of times. Just saying. So, so everybody knows. Chuck Banks, Frozen, Led Zeppelin as probably his favorite band. Which, I, I can I can see that. I'm not going to argue that. Good to see Chuck. I hope his kids have a health healthy and successful season. is I think you're still coaching football, Chuck. If not, I hope your kids. Well, they're, their that kids have a healthy healthy and successful season with or without you. Uh, I know you're still doing some coaching somewhere out there. I can't keep up with you though. Because um, I'm having a hard time keeping track of myself, so um, you understand that I'm sure. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of some of the stuff I want to get into. Ho- El- "Hotel California" is a forgettable album, Geo? No, it's not. It's probably it's probably it's the best Eagles album. That's for sure. Without question. Hotel California is a great song. I, I don't have the play. I, that's it. I got to get the playlist up in front of me because I'm horrible at remembering which songs are which on albums. Because the, uh, the Eagles are my favorite band of all time, by the way. For those people out there who need to know that for whatever reason. Um. Yeah, I got to make sure I don't play any of it because I'll be sued for thousands and millions of dollars that I don't have. But so got to be careful about all that. Um... Man, my internet is slow tonight. Or my computer is slow. Something is slow here. Oh, good grief. I'm gonna hit it with a hammer. Anybody know if a Windows update is due? Because it sure feels like one's out there. Ugh. Anyways, I'll eventually get that up. No, it's not. Oh, Geo is on this tonight. He is really harping on, on this evil thing. And I think it's... I don't know. I'm biased. I love the Eagles, so there's that. Not necessarily. Uh, maybe not necessarily the best uh, judge of everything. Don Henley solo career is garbage. Um new stuff but the new album that he has a uh, well, I don't know if it's the newest album he has out. cast country, Defer- definitely a different sound, but isn't garbage. That's my opinion. I know you guys love that. Take it easy, yeah. That's, see, that's that's what we need. That's what we need right now. Why is it I can't find something I'm looking for when I want it? Uh, life in the fast lane. Come on now, you got to be. On Life on the Fast Line. I would answer whoever's calling, but ugh, Skype isn't letting it ring. So, keep calling. I might be able to answer it sometime. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I know I missed the call, but you didn't let me answer it. So, call back if you tried calling and it didn't work. For whatever reason. Because just tell my night's gone. So. A lot of clicking because I'm trying to get things squared away. I don't know. I don't get it. Anyway, so if you did try calling, me, please try to call back. Um, yeah, I'm, inter- I'm disappointed to see the uh, the hate for the Eagles. I figured more of you. Actually, after seeing some of the Spotify things in those dynamic stats of what people are listening to that listen to the report, it doesn't surprise me. Actually, I am surprised by some of that. And I would try to open that and read that to you, but the way my computer's operating right now, I'm not going to get into it. So, but, uh, (laughs) yeah. A little surprised by the hate there. No other alternatives being posted by the way, they're just just definitely hating and like I said, so here's the deal. Here's the deal for you folks. Oh come on, why aren't you popping up and ring? What is the problem here, Skype? I see I see you, but you don't pop up to ring. Okay, we're going to do this then. Hold on, everybody. Give me two seconds here. Um, we'll do it this way. So whoever called in again, whatever's going on, I don't quite get it. Apparently my computer is killing me tonight. But that's okay, because I think I have plan B here going soon surely. So maybe we'll give that a whirl here. Always, always plan B around here, because that's what we have to do. always something. Okay. A lot of dead air. Sorry. Uh, Linda Rodstead. She loves Warrant and Bon Jovi. Uh, not quite. Uh, bon jo- I, I prefer Tom Petty. Can uh, can we go Tom Petty? Anybody, anybody out there hate on Tom Petty? Let's see if I can call him. Maybe that'd be easier. Oh, good grief. Shakes my head. Live radio. Live radio. It's the best here. That's all we got for you. Or all I've got for you. yacht rock oh no we can't be having any of that actually some of it's pretty good just kidding let's see close that bring that up yep I'm gonna talk you through this because what else do I have to do right now See if he answers
1: this
0: phone. See if it makes the call. Even how about that? Oh, it's connecting. Let's see if it actually connects. Hello, (laughs) Everett. I heard you were trying to call, so I did the next best thing and call you.
2: Oh, you know. I appreciate that. I'm a long-time listener, and this is the first time you've called me on air. I heard you uh, talking about the Eagles.
0: Yes, sir. Well, we, <laughs> start, we started with, obviously, uh, the passing of Charlie Watt. But we, and I jumped at Eagles because that's probably more stuff I know. So.
2: Oh, the Eagles. Why? Of all the bands out there you could listen to, why the Eagles? Because they're good. Good songs. I don't know, man. Okay, so who... who, Rolling Stones are are better. The the Eagles is just so depressing. It's like I I hear an Eagles song and I immediately get sad and want a drink. Well, come on. I mean, I live in western Pennsylvania. What else do you got? (laughs) (laughs) I I, I guess this is true. (laughs) But, no, no, seriously, I heard you talking about... uh, Charlie Watts and it, you know, it, the music industry. And if you hear the rain and thunder, you'll have to forgive me. There's a huge storm going on. Um, you know, if you've noticed, it seems like the last two, three years, the music industry has just been hit with these major talent deaths. And, you know, it, it's, it, it's hard to say that at 80, it's surprising, but you know, it, it's, it's, it's really a, a, a huge loss. I've had the chance to talk to a few people this week, or not this week, the, today, and, you know, there was speculation when he pulled out of the tour and had, uh, oh, I can't remember his text name, the guy that fills in for him, uh, join the, the tour prep, but, you know, it, it's just a, it, it, it's it's really an end of an era for rock and roll today.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that, I mean, we're getting into that where this is definitely going to be a changing of the guard, so to speak, across the board in the next few years, no matter which band we want to pick. I mean, it's just going to be bad. It's all going to go away sooner than later, sadly.
2: I mean, that's, that's the natural part of life. I mean, I, you know, in in a way, like I, like I said, I've talked to quite a few people today, and, you know, that... There's some shock, but at the same time, again, to be 80 and to have done what he did for as long as he did. I mean, almost 60 years, he was drumming for the Rolling Stones. That That's an amazing career. Yeah, as I, and said, I, don't, managed, I don't know if we'll
0: see that ever again, 60 years with one group.
2: No, I, I don't think we will. I don't think we'll see any group really survive for 60 years. I mean, I God, I hope NSYNC isn't still around in, what, 40 years? Um, but you look at, at his body of work and how he did it with dignity. I mean, he always he was never flashy, but he was always solid.
0: That's the key, right? You, I mean, well, you're, you you got to know your role, right? Because some people need to be the frontman and some people need to support the act, and I think he did great at what he
2: did. Yeah, but you know those drummers have that reputation for being uh a little rowdy and, and out of hand and yet eh, he'd always show up in a well typically like a three piece suit and just kind of uh keep that rhythm for everybody.
0: That's key. okay, so you you're you're not going number number one Rolling stones though, are
2: you? What do you mean number one? Best band ever? Yeah. No, you know, I think if I had to pick my number one, it would be Firehouse.
0: <laughs> no, I know better than that. <laughs> I, I, I see, I did that, listen that, to your show, that, and I know better little, than that.
2: <laughs> that. That's just a little uh, shout-out to Captain Canada out there.
0: Yeah, well, he, he's going by Captain tonight. He's not not proud oh of Canada tonight. So, uh, well, I
2: get it you time. know, when you're Canadian at this point, can you be?
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I get it tonight. So he must, he's also uh, wearing a, a Maple Leafs Jersey just to make sure he stays safe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So no, honestly, who? who okay. Give me, give, give me, okay. So you've got the Eagles about 50. So uh, who, who are some of the ones above them here that we need to kind of dissect?
2: You, you know, it changes with every genre. It changes with, with my mood. I mean, like today, not that your listeners need to hear my musical choices, but but today and yesterday, I've gone everywhere from Glenn Miller to '80s skater thrash out of Chicago. Little Barry Manilow thrown in there. I mean, my musical tastes vary constantly, and to to put it a list of oh, the best this, the best that, I, I really I can't do it because there are so many so many great talents out there in different genres that uh you know as a musician well as a person everybody should be listening to all different kinds of music and as a musician i like to hear different aspects about different types of music and and hopefully pick up a little bit i can steal and stick into the stuff i do
0: no we can't have that ever you know this to show we need definitive answers and and all of that, so you're going to have to pick somebody here or do something here. All
2: right. If I had to say the number one band, and, and I know this is going to make people cringe, but I would say classic era Guns N' Roses, not today's Guns N' Roses, but the the original lineup of Guns N' Roses, only because that album held up for so long, and even to this day still feels current.
0: Okay, so. How about how about this? How about we go this way? That's very true. That's good stuff. How about we go this one? Most overrated
2: band. God, hey. you know, you would think that that is easy to pick. Um, but again, it's kind of tough. I mean, like the the boy bands, all of those are overrated. If you're going straight overrated band and I know this is going to ruffle a few feathers, but in history I would say Led Zeppelin.
0: That's going to ruffle some feathers in the chat room for sure. Good place to be though, having an honest discussion. Okay, so I got my Spotify open, so I wanted to get these these people up here. And I've never heard of Christian Finnegan so that's always helpful for this conversation. He's the people uh, these are the people that are listening to my show and what they listen to. Robin Williams—that makes sense. I can kind of dig that because I'd listen to Robin Williams too. Tool, Moby, and Cat Stevens. What an interesting group of people that listen to my show. I'm not sure what that says about me or what that says about them, but I'm, I, I'm I all think in favor a of the a Robin fantastic Williams. Fantastic mix. Yeah, that's that's a good thing, right? Because there's a big mix there. To get from Robin Williams to Tool, that's the Kevin Bacon 6 degrees separation somewhere. Um.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, when you talk about Tool, and I know they just had an album out a couple of years ago, but when you talk about Tool, I can't help but go back to the early Green Jelly days. I don't know if you're familiar with them.
0: No, I can't say I've, I am.
2: You don't need to be. I mean, they are literally, they, they used to build themselves as the worst band in the world and i they had a hit song a surprising hit song called three little pigs back in i think it was like
0: 93 hmm. i guess but i'll look that up after the show but I, i'd be lying to you if i i'm not gonna even
2: lie to you so. <laughs> yeah yeah you know I, I wouldn't waste your time but there's some uh green jelly tool connections there that a couple of the people from Green Jelly were in Tool for a while. Or, oh, yeah. well, actually, I think one still is.
0: Yeah, but well, Germantown Runner makes a good point. Let's not forget Free Doors Down, one of my favorite bands. Uh, I hear I hear a couple of their musicians, or their band, listen to the show. Shout out to them. Um, so that's cool. Um, we'll see. But, uh, okay, so, we mentioned it. We kind of beat around it, but I want to make sure we get it listed in out to the listeners properly. Captain Canada was on your show two weeks ago, correct? Yes. Doc Pond Staple, Captain Canada, was out there uh, talking conspiracies, and you guys got into a little bit of music, but so where can people find your show, and that show in particular? Because I know there's some ponders out there who need to hear this one.
2: Oh, they can find our show, which I appreciate the the opportunity to shamelessly plug it. it, it it's extension 13, and you can find it on a, most of the major podcast outlets and on Spreaker and, and Apple Podcasts and Google. And you can find it, we prefer, at extension13.com.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's a good price to get it. and I know I... I... <laughs> I got it and got it in the Apple so I could listen to it while I was sitting in construction the other day, because that was... Mate, mate, I was sitting there talking to myself, so I hopefully was talking to you guys, but I don't know if anybody's seen me talking to that, like, you know, that would have been awkward, sitting there talking to myself, it (laughs) would seem. Then again, what did I expect, right? There's nothing worse, Everett, than walking down a... an aisle at a store and somebody says, how are you? And you say, I'm good. Thanks. And then you realize they're on the phone.
2: You know, that's happened to me so many times. I don't even like, I don't look up anymore. I don't want to see people because, you know, you run into the people who are waving and you're not sure. I, I live in a relatively small town. and You're not sure if you know them or not. And it turns out they're waving to their wife or husband down the aisle behind you. And you know i am I'm, I'm nervous to almost recognize anybody at this point in time well, mostly because good. i end up I, I end up looking a little stupid when i do but you know i'm good at that
0: Because nobody has any good conversation anymore that's for sure first of all
2: yeah that's true and you know what that's what was nice about having captain canada on i the show went in a whole bunch of different directions that i don't think we really expected but we just sat down. It was like we were just having a, a conversation, and oh, it happened to be you know broadcast and recorded too.
0: Yeah, and that, that's the fun thing. Like I said, I, I enjoy listening to it. Well, I enjoy talking to it. I don't. I, I don't know if I would have did that live, but since I was sitting in my car in traffic, I felt like I needed to interject. A little disappointed you guys didn't interact back, but I guess.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I, I have enough problems trying to keep the studio up and running. Sometimes I miss the different chats and, and that, and I know that uh, people get disappointed when I do that, but I'm really not allowed to touch buttons, and, and when the show is running, all I'm doing is touching buttons, and it makes me nervous.
0: I get it. That's why I'm only on the plan. Like People are mad at me because I'm on Facebook, reading messages there, or read text me People text me during the show. I'm like good grief get over it i'm not going to be reading my phone or my email or my twitter or my ugh.
2: just show up on the and, line and, and you know part of it and i love that you have the chat room and that you're good at, at interacting with with the chatters for me when we're talking to somebody i typically try to be 100 engrossed in that conversation and sometimes i've just forget to look at the chat room because and and, you know you get the opportunity to speak to somebody who you've wanted to speak to for a long time or about a topic that you wanted to talk about for a long time and i want to have that conversation and i maybe it's selfish but i want it to be as interesting a conversation as it can be and i often forget that people are listening
0: it's a i i we're talking shop here, folks. Sorry for the few people that don't get it. Um, it's that fine line between what I want and I've learned through the years to figure out. Like I, I'll i shout him out. He knows who I'm talking about. Germantown Runner can steer me a little bit differently than I planned on going. Well, sometimes a lot differently. Let's not lie. And sometimes it's better, and we go with it. And sometimes I think where I'm going is better, and I just go with that. And But that comes, I mean, having a chat room in front of you for 10 years will at one time, four. Good God, you want to talk about making your head spin? One, uh, yeah, I don't
2: what, know how. <laughs> I, I don't know how people can manage that many.
0: You don't. You really don't. You just watch it go by, and then there are some nights, like a, a few weeks ago, you guys and Captain Cannon, you were talking music, and I am like, okay, I, I, you know, look at it, and I'd see all I'd see is this whole conversation, and I am like, okay, and then I get back into my little train of thought, and then I would look up, and there'd be something, I am like. Okay, and then by the time I get try to start to write it down, it'd be up and gone. I went. Those are the. <laughs> wait, I'm not complaining. I'm glad you guys enjoy it, and that pawn is meant for everybody. And I enjoy the the absolute engagement sometimes, and I enjoy the absolute uh ignoring of it too, because it's just fun to see people interacting in a way that's meaningful to them. But sometimes it's like, wait, hold on, just a second. Give me two seconds to get that question. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I think both Captain Canada and I have to apologize a little bit because we did, we we really did that night hijack your chat room. I mean, we we were talking back and forth constantly, obviously listening to the show, but we didn't ask one question for the guest.
0: That's fine. That that like I said, that's fine. So like I enjoy that, but like I said, it's it's some there's a few questions in there that got, I'm sure got lost because I just didn't see them because, which is part of, eh, whatever it is what it is that's. I enjoy people being there, and I I really wish that everybody that listened could be there at least once, but I know I talked to a a listener from Australia today that, well, you know, it's 9 a.m. Wednesday morning there
2: at work. It happens. Yeah, that can be tough for people, especially when you have a listener you know all the way around the world like that, and you have them everywhere. That's what
0: they say. We'll see. Everett, thanks for stopping in, and I think we answered the question that I set off to answer. I hope we did. I'm not sure now, but at least we kind of lightened the mood because, like I said, that was just a little heavy and I needed to get somewhere I could at least try to sleep tonight. So,
2: <laughs> Well, thank you so much for taking my call.
0: Well, thank you for taking my call. Actually, I called you. Don't forget.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you, and the Skype, I, I called twice, and each time Skype just kind of, like, disconnected.
0: Yeah, I know. It's been jerky tonight. But, anyways, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mallard Report. Stay tuned for details on saving money at the Duck Pond Shop. I hope you enjoyed this report. Please subscribe so that you can join us again. And if you appreciate the show, leave us some stars or a review. For more notes from this show or other great shows, check out Mallard.com. A reminder, the views and opinions of the show are those of the host and guest and do not represent any sponsors, affiliates, or any other partners of the Mallard Report. Now for your money-saving tip. Promo code Mallard at checkout of DuckPondShop.com, where you can get your t-shirt, coffee mug, and other great products. That's promo code Mallard at checkout, DuckPondShop.com. Until next week, stay You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Califato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts,